0: welcome to mighty night therapy todd Todd. john John. do you do you start to salivate during our opener during the you know that video with the girl walking through the wheat (laughs) salivate salivate. well
1: no i i just i like the tune i like the opener i think it's pretty doggone cool yeah you know i mean what what more can you ask for when you have a what appears to be what could be a very beautiful woman, you know, walking through a wheat field, you know, and then into a cornfield. I, I don't know. Um I just you you you
0: you chose a snappy tune. I like the tune. I salivate because I'm I I become conditioned to looking so forward to this. <laughs> so okay, Pavlov. Yeah, that's how it works. Okay, wait. We're going to try a psychic experiment. Psychic experiment. Okay. I want you to think of your least favorite moment of the game against, uh, who was it we just played? Purdue. And I am going to just read it out of your mind. My least favorite moment. Your least favorite moment. Okay. I didn't realize it would take you this long. (laughs) Well, it wasn't a perfect game, so... Okay. I, it was the first play. The fumble on the kickoff. No. No, you're lying. I know you're lying. No. It was everybody's least favorite moment. Come on, man. My, what was your least favorite a, moment of the game? F-
1: the fact that targeting wasn't called on that one hit on on Harbor. not Not the beautiful form tackle... That the linebackers stuck him with, you know, uh, after that. But that that play that they reviewed, that was horrible. That was textbook targeting. And and you know, those kinds of hits are the ones that knock guys out of the game. That is the one. The one he got knocked out of the game in was a clean hit. One of the best tackles I've seen in a long
0: time. So, uh, well, Linda, Linda's here. Good evening, John and Todd. Good evening, Linda. What was your feet least favorite moment of the game, Linda? Let us know in the comments. Let everybody, just light it up. What was your least favorite? There had to be plenty of least favorite moments. And uh, try not to duplicate, because I already took the first play of the game, so you guys can't take that.
1: <laughs> well, you know, that first play of the game, it's just kind of like, are you kidding? I mean, it, how many times uh, in the last five years, probably it, it you know, I, I just never, you know, uh, I, I cease to be amazed, uh, never cease to be amazed with, you know, are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Me? That really happened. You know, if, if we should have, I think some at one point in time, we kind of talked about um, putting together a list. Of all of the stupid, crazy, unbelievable things that have happened to Nebraska football teams, we should have started that list.
0: You mean the the, the worst things ever? Well, you know, like these things,
1: you, you know, you don't see it happening. Some of these things you don't see happening to other teams, but you know, it's just kind of like, okay, the fumble on the fumble on that first play on the kickoff. Yeah, okay, that's. Yeah. You know, last last game it was the first pass was intercepted. I mean, you know, Nebraska beats the odds on on almost every bad thing
0: that can happen. You mean now?
1: Well, they. I, I'm talking not last
0: year or the year before. Okay,
1: I guess I'm not. I'm not explaining myself.
0: No, you're not. I am confused. <laughs> Look, I have a new yeah. shirt. I like that. Yeah,
1: Dion I didn't Pryor, know you had that
0: new shirt. That one looks. No, big. I just I just unboxed this earlier today. I did a video on. I unboxed a bunch of new stuff. Uh, Dion Pryor says it looks foggy at Todd's. That's well, I
1: I kind of make my background foggy, and if I look foggy, that's just because of the lens in my camera. So
0: I, I feel okay. kind of foggy uh David he says his least favorite moment was fourth and one in shotgun you know uh, david
1: I that that is very very true fourth and one in the shotgun uh <laughs> doctors Rob zatica he's he's done a apparently a video on that yeah. it's it, that just ceases to amaze me fourth and one you take the ball right underneath center I mean jeez Louise but uh,
0: you got a lot more options if you're in the shotgun.
1: Oh, shit. You're going to do one of two things. You're going to run it forward or you're going to hand it off. And why are you putting yourself four or five yards further back?
0: Yeah. My mouse is stuck. Fred Sacco says fourth and one in the gun and Sims strip sack fumble. Uh, Charles Hullett says heinous hit on Harburg. That's alliteration yeah. from that guy. That's uh, good. Colt Bundy says, least favorite moment was the no-call targeting penalty. He agrees with you, Todd. He's sucking up. That's what that guy is doing. I like Colt. I, I've always liked guys names, named Colt. And uh, Linda, wait. Colt Bundy, Sims fumble recovered for T. Here's one from Linda. Running out of scotch on the first play. Oh! <laughs> Linda, how much was left in the bottle? (laughs) Yeah, Linda, you're supposed to be prepared for these things. I mean, you know, hide one from yourself and then act like surprised when you find, oh, my God, look, I have another bottle of scotch. I would do that constantly when I was drinking. And then I'd be, you know, I'd be always amazed I found something like, wow, I wonder how long this has been here. That's terrible. I should not go into that. Crystal Heath, Vike, Vike, I'm sure I butchered her name. When Sims proved why Harburg is the starting quarterback. What should we talk about that, Todd? There were a lot of people that thought Sims should be back in the game as the starting quarterback. And, uh, and, and there you go. I'm
1: in that, I'm in that uh, camp and i will not apologize for it you were you were in the sims camp i said i've said for the last few weeks that i
0: thought that sims should play okay here's the thing we had an argument in slack which is how we communicate internally on the website about sims play and uh, i think at the post game re- wait a minute tackle farms gives us 9999 as a super chap. thank you uh, it's time, gents, least favorite moments, the damn turnovers. But damn it, we are going to a bowl game. Throw the bones. Throw, there you go. But There you go. We should do that more often because our defense is uh, kicking ass. All right. We had an argument in Slack. And I said that the fumble wasn't really – it was the worst play that he had. But it wasn't indicative of the only problem. The other problem was he turned the wrong way in a handoff. He almost snapped the ball into the motion man. Now Brian said that internally in Slack said that he was supposed to snap the ball that close to the motion man so that the blocking was set up in the proper area. I I'm not sure I agree with that, but neither of us are offensive coordinators, so uh, I I think there was another. I think he was in what four plays? I think it
1: might have been four.
0: And I just I just don't it almost seemed to me like he wasn't prepared to do anything. And I just find that shocking. It, it, tell me I'm wrong, Todd. Argue with me. Tell me tell me I'm wrong. No, I other.
1: I want you to I want you to keep talking because you you were you were a lot stronger in your opinions on Slack than you are here tonight. What have you softened?
0: Well, I'm a little I'm a, You know what I did today? I stared at a server all freaking day. I had one thing I needed to fix and I couldn't understand what it was and it exhausted me. It just, I got so frustrated and angry with myself. I just, I was a bundle of emotions, a bundle of emotions. You And it you, sucked the life out of me. Okay. You know what? I'll do it. Let me, give me a minute. You were prepared to, you were prepared to go
1: and maybe you did. I'm sorry if I've missed it, but you were prepared to go do a video
0: Well, that's right. Entitled that Jeff Sims should never see the fucking field again ever. Yeah. In a Husker uniform.
1: I didn't say the fucking part. You
0: can't put that in a title. (laughs) I was only, you know, that's how I get the things out. I put them in Slack. Brian argued with me and he made the point that we probably won't ever see Jeff Sims in a, as as a quarterback again. And I I think the thing is, is. Is that so, true? We're going. Rumor, go rumor has it. Rumor has, rumor has it. it. I think rumor that's a timeline. We don't
1: know this for sure. I mean, rumor has it that Chuba Purdy was in concussion protocol. At least I heard that from somewhere. Chubba Purdy has been. He he is is he even suiting up? I mean, I haven't paid attention, but Chuba Purdy has not been at all involved this season. Right. And and so what we heard was back when Sims got hurt against Colorado, that Chubba Purdy was actually the second team quarterback and would have been the first one in had he not been injured a couple of days previous in practice. Okay. So apparently Chubba Purdy, you know, you, you don't know what the status is with him. So you're telling me, that when Nebraska is playing this next week um, up its up in Michigan, and in the in the in the second quarter, Chubba Purdy just absolutely gets mauled and is knocked out of the game. You're going to put in Wocha or Livin' whatever his name is. You're going to put in one of those two guys. You're not going to. Yes. That's who you're going to go with, John, or you're going to go well, with I- Jeff. Smith.
0: Yeah, how can you go with Jeff Sims when he can't he can't turn the right way on a handoff? I mean, listen, Jack Wosh could hand the ball off. Jack Wosh could, you know what? Jack Wosh could run play action and he. Right? John, I think. Luke I Longo's said... the other guy. Luke Longo is the other guy. I just I, we're gonna be in that position. I think we all know that. Unless two we things know that. happen, two things have to happen, Todd, for us not to be in that position. Heinrich Harburg has to slide, and he has to run out of bounds, <laughs> or throw the ball. away. There's three, three things have to happen: run out of bounds, throw the ball away, slide. Don't, don't, and when you're running the option. You got to run into those guys like you're going to blow through a wall. That's a giant wall, and he's really pulling up at the end of those hits, and uh, that's kind of scary. That's where he gets blocked. The times he's
1: pulling up now because he's been hit so damn many times. Kid's body's got to feel like crap,
0: and you know he—he's. I know that it's been a long time, Todd, but he's young. I understand he's young, but you know. Your arthritis, your big toe is killing you right now. Uh,
1: The reality is, is that Henry Carberg's the starting quarterback. He earned the job. And Jeff Sims, um, it was called in wrong, John? Okay. Um, Jeff Sims, I'd said all along, he deserved a shot to get in there. I would have liked to have seen Jeff Sims have an opportunity to go in, like at the start of a third quarter, start you know the in the third series or something like that, and have something scripted for him, rather than have to come in you know right away to get his feet back on the ground. The reality is, is that we needed a quarterback at that moment in time, and he came right. in and he did not perform well, no question about it. But you know the the extremists that are saying. You know he should never ever set foot on the field again, or you know, send him packing or whatever it might be. Um, I'll tell you what: kiss our season goodbye if Henry, if Henry carberg gets gets hurt. Kiss it goodbye because those other two guys are not going to be able to carry the team. And who knows what Chuba? Who knows what Chuba's status is?
0: Okay, when he right says. Now. M- Minnie says it was called in wrong, John. That's what Rule said. It was miscommunication because Minnie is paying more attention than I am. That sounded sarcastic. By the way, I have a problem. You know how they, everybody has that friend of theirs that always looks stoned? Uh, I am the guy that no matter when I say things, they're always sarcastic. It doesn't matter. I could look at my wife and go, I love you very much. And he'd be like, oh, really, do you? <laughs> That's how it goes. So I'm not being sarcastic, Minnie. I uh, then she comes back with thank you brian these convos drive me crazy when people are against sims for things that aren't his fault well right now everything was his fault or at least in those moments because i know that when that strip sack you know when the ball was stripped and they scored 99.9 percent of husker fans that means everybody but me <laughs> got nervous didn't you you all got anxious you thought I am. I am just. We are crawling, falling apart again. And we're going to lose this game, and uh, there you go. Everybody got nervous, didn't they? Did you get nervous when though? Harbor got hurt? No. When when Sims dropped the ball and they scored. No, the the defense okay. was playing so damn
1: good. I didn't think that there was any way in hell that Purdue was going to be able to score enough to still make it a game. I mean, you made that Terry comment. Swanson- Go ahead. You made a comment in a previous game that at no point, no point in time, where we was right. whoever it was, Illinois, at no point in time yeah. was Illinois in a position to win the game. And and you know, at that point in the game, I understand you know the scoop and score that always seems like it's a momentum changer. But you know, I I, I thought the Nebraska defense was too stout.
0: Terry Swanson says, John keeps freezing up, must be on his trusty dial-up modem. You know, I, I actually dealt with Comcast today, and they are doing upgrades in my area later this, like, tomorrow night. And it's been very I, – I had a meeting with somebody today, and I barely could do the meeting because uh, I it, the performance is terrible. So I apologize for that. I hope to get it fixed soon. Uh, we have some other comments. Uh, Roger Moore says, how about the field goal kicker, Tristan Alvano, 55 you know, he yards. Made,
1: yeah, he—he he, that was a long one. And, you know, he's hes getting – I mean, there's no question the kid's got a leg. I mean, everybody knew that coming in. And you watch him on kickoffs, and he kicks the ball deep. Um, you know, kickers, kickers are freaks, man. And, um, you know, they – you know, there have been some guys that have been incredible – that they get the yips from time to time. And, and, you know, there's, (laughs) if you could find a cure for the yips, you'd make a lot of money, but all the ones, the ones that Alvano has missed, I think the ones he's missed this year have all been at an angle to the right side of the field. I'm not 100% sure, but I think at least a couple of his misses where he's been over on the right hash mark. Um, So, Hey, more opportunities, more time out on the field, I think uh, Nebraska's got their field goal kicker for the next four years, which that is a good feeling. You know, when you think back in history, you know, Nebraska has always had some good kickers and most of them around for three or four years. So um, that's one area of the game I'm not going to worry about.
0: Are we ready for this? Oh, let's go into it. Lloyd M. Christmas says, John, what really grinds my gears is that the Maryland game is on a streaming TV app. I'm going to listen to that one on the radio. Who's with me? Uh, the Maryland game is going to be on Peacock. 11 o'clock correct? on Peacock. 11 o'clock game on Peacock. I, I have tickets to that game if I want them, and I keep thinking that I should go. Well, now you should because you're
1: not – are you going to pay your money to watch Peacock?
0: We already have Peacock.
1: Oh, you do? See, I have. you know why we have Peacock? Uh, because you're watching Champion League Soccer? Exactly. No, we have,
0: no it's on, on Peacock. There's the EPL and you can watch uh, rugby and uh, all sorts of weird shit that most people don't watch. So we have Peacock. I you know, here's the. Th- I think that the Nebraska Athletic Department was given discounts to Peacock. And number two, uh, you can sign up for a trial and then cancel it later. That doesn't get you all the Nebraska basketball games that are going to be on Peacock later. So, and I'm sure we're going to have more football games on Peacock. Dion Pryor says five and three, baby. We well, are five man, and man, three. I
1: talk about this Peacock thing just a little bit. Okay you know i was really bummed when i saw that they were going to be able to get some games and i think it's it's you know because i, I do i have youtube tv and i have paramount plus i i haven't uh, i've got netflix i haven't uh, subscribed to peacock but you know when you take when you take games and shuffle them down you know um i think that that, that well i think it sucks for one thing but you know, it's an additional expense that some people have to incur. Now, that right. being seen, um, I'm not going to worry about it because I'm going to go to the game. So I'll see the game. But if this was an away game, I'd re- be really frustrated. Now,
0: is Michigan going to be on? I, th- I think that they said that everybody gets a chance. But okay. you know how that goes. Michigan, Ohio State rule this conference.
1: Well, here's the thing. At least they
0: spread the money out evenly, but, you know.
1: Here's here's the thing. Nebraska is saying, yeah, I'll bend over and take it. Because Michigan has stood up and Ohio State has stood up, and they've said, we're not playing Friday night games. Right. And they haven't. And I'd be willing to bet that Michigan and Ohio State have said, don't you put any of our games on Peacock. Nebraska needs to put themselves in the same situation. There are plenty of people that follow Nebraska, you know, whether the stadium sold out or not, the fan base all over this country is going to watch Nebraska play. Nebraska and, and, and the TV people know it. Nebraska needs to step back up to where they were at before when they were saying during COVID, we want to play. When they've shown some leadership in a conference and just put their foot down and say, Hey, we're not going to play football on Friday nights, and don't you dare put us on Peacock.
0: Do you think that matters? Works for Michigan. Well, yeah, but it works for Michigan. They've been in the conference since 1907. So we're just going no, to control- 1901, and then they were out for a little bit because of shenanigans, and then they came back. I'm thinking that longevity, the Big Ten has this big bug up their ass about you guys are new, you don't get to tell us to do anything. Remember Desmond Howard screaming about how we should be kicked out of the Big den for wanting to play football?
1: Well, the, the bottom line is, is that if you don't start standing up for yourself at some point in time, then just get ready. To, just be prepared to continue to get run over.
0: Wow. Well, that, I'm not disagreeing with you. D.M. Pryor says five and three, baby. <laughs> yeah. I Five and three, hey,
1: that's a lot better than many people kind of thought we were going to be. You know – it's a big game this week up in Michigan State. It's a game that it, last I saw that Nebraska was three-and-a-half-point favorites. Um,
0: okay. Maze Ray, who obviously is a go-blue a, a go guy, says um, Michigan's first game of the year was on Peacock. Todd.
1: Okay, I stand corrected.
0: Was. Oh, my God. Just constant freezing. I don't remember who's Michigan's first game was. I don't either. It was so long ago. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Let's see. Five and three. Uh, I missed one. I think Terry Swanson, I think, had a comment that uh, his – His least favorite moment was when people booed Sims. Yeah, I wanted to to talk about that for a minute. I I think there's a general feeling. Terry Swanson, least favorite moment was crowd booing Sims. Don't boo, boo your own players. Now, here's the thing with this. There are a lot of people that feel like since these guys are getting paid, that we have license to do a lot more criticism and boo and do all sorts of stuff. What do you think of that?
1: I don't I don't like booing I don't like booing your own players at all. And I could care less. I mean if you if you're cheering for your favorite NFL team or your major league team, I don't think you boo your own players. I I don't know. You know, everybody thinks they have license to inject their feelings into the game. I, I suppose maybe there is something to be said for that, but I I just don't if you're going to support the team, you support, support them through thick and thin.
0: Keston Altman says, I do hate booing our own guys. It's just a bad look. I don't disagree with that. Uh,
1: you know, I guess I don't know why. I don't – I'm not surprised there was booing, but I, I guess I didn't notice it in the broadcast. I, maybe I wasn't. I wasn't paying close enough attention when that happened or something.
0: Asawar Sajid says, do you think this game will end up like 2021 where we kick the ball the other direction during the fourth quarter? Go big red. Michigan state (laughs) game. Yeah. He brings back painful memories. I
1: I think, I think the Michigan state game, uh, it could be a little bit of a trap. Um, Really? Yeah. You know, the, the, the cupboard's not totally bare. Yeah. for Michigan state though, you know, they, ha- yeah, they've lost a lot of players and they've been kind of yeah. directionless without a coach, but right. it's, it's a home game. It's a home game for them. That's true. Um, you know, Nebraska has not been consistent at all on offense. Um, I, I don't know. I, I hope Nebraska can win. I I, I believe they can win. Um, but you know, anytime you play on the road in the big 10, it it can be tough. It, it, you never never know. So a little bit
0: worried about that one. Uh, Asawar Sajid also asked, Do you think Tony White will stay next year?
1: I think he'll stay next year. Um, I think they're going to have to they're going to have to really look at his contract. I think they're going to have to be willing, you know, to pay him some money. Um, I think. I think probably you know, you know I would never underestimate Trev Alberts and his business sense and um, where, where, what he might already be thinking. Um, you know Tony White is he's very well spoken. He looks and sounds like a head coach. Um, you know I I think Tony White also is, is a is a A realist, and you know when you hop from job to job, right? um, I don't think that you can prove yourself as much. I mean, if Tony White can build a foundation at Nebraska, stay here for a few years, and you know this defense just becomes lights out, then Tony White, if he wants a head coaching job, he might not have to settle for you know uh, an Bowling Green. Yeah. He might not have to settle for a group of five, you know, for his first coaching job. I mean, look at, look at Brent Venables, right? You know, Brent Venables was an assistant coach at Oklahoma for years and he turned down head coaching offers all over the place, including power five schools. And then he goes to Clemson, and wins some national, He, you know, he coached national championship teams, I think at both schools. And, um, You know, so by the time Brent Venables, you know, uh, finally decided that he was going to accept um, a head coaching job, where did he end up? Oklahoma. A powerhouse. Yeah. You know, a a premier program. So, you know, uh, Tony White, I think, has the potential to uh, be, you know, one of the best coordinators in the country. And so, hopefully, he sticks around for a while and, and builds that foundation, builds his resume up there. The one, the one that kind of intrigues me a little bit, scares me a little bit, is that dumpster fire out in Los Angeles. Um, if Lincoln Riley, yeah, if Lincoln Riley survives out there, um, SC may throw a lot of money at a Tony White. Isn't he from Southern California? Isn't? I mean, he he coached, I think, at San Diego State before he ended up at um, at Syracuse along the way. I was thinking he played at San Diego State.
0: Well, I'll look it up. But keep, Tony, keep White, talking,
1: Tony White and Terrence Knighton and Evan Cooper and, oh, I'm blank on the first name, Dvorak, the linebacker coach. I mean, they are an incredible defensive staff. And each one of them um, is certainly an upgrade from what we've had previously. Um, And I would say a significant upgrade as a coach in each one of those positions. Every one of those position groups is playing better than they have last year. And I don't think that there's a defensive coach that we've had in the last two coaching regimes um you, who's 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 a position coach that you'd pick above who we already have on defense
0: uh, that we have right now?
1: Yeah. Who who during the Riley Frost era is there a is wow. there a defensive position coach you'd pick above the guys that we have right now?
0: I what was his name? Tony Tuoti? 280 Toyota tu- Tuyo- Toyota you're going to pick him above Terrence. No, Nathan? I'm not going to pick him, but the, he's the guy that came to mind. He is the one guy out of all of okay. that that came to mind. Well, and he he landed on his feet at Oregon. Yeah. So, I, I I don't think you pick who is our defensive line coach. He was. No, who is now? Terrence. I stared at the Linux server all day today. Terrence, I'm very
1: That's like right,
0: a pork or Pot roast pot roast god damn it okay tony wright uh 17th season of coaching white boasts previous power five experience at syracuse arizona state and ucla uh, arizona state recruiting recruiting coordinator at san diego state so you know he has been out on the west coast i don't think he'd leave nebraska because come on todd who would leave us Well, you know, at at times
1: coaches, when coaches develop a program together and, and, you know, I kind of have a feeling that rule is, is a guy that these guys are loyal to. I think rule builds that camaraderie. He builds that unity. So, you know, a lot of times when you work in that kind of environment, um, that's as as important as a lot of things.
0: I am not keeping up with the comment at all. Well, I'll Matt, no bad. Oh, okay, go ahead.
1: <laughs> Brian Buscini should be our most valuable. Could Brian Buscini be our most valuable player? Um, you know, he's he's been pretty consistent this year, Clay. Um, and you know, it, it's interesting though. His average doesn't put him in – I thought I heard he is not in the top 50 with his average, but he he is such a strategic punter and he has flipped the field quite a few times. And I think as Nebraska continues into this last stretch of the season, field position is going to be incredibly important. I mean, you know, they've got uh, Michigan State this week and then they've got Maryland. And then they go – don't they go back-to-back with Wisconsin and Iowa? And those two defenses, you know, uh, are, are just flat-out awesome. So,
0: yeah. Moonbot7 says Bill Bush. What happened? What happened? Bill, Moonbot seven says Bill Bush is secretly learning the white defense so he can take over the radio thing as a front. (laughs) Well, Moonbot, I wish
1: that there was a place for Bill Bush on the staff because I really like that guy. I I have not listened to the radio show with him, but people just say it's outstanding. And I think that he's top notch. I just don't, um, you know, maybe they'll find a place for an analyst or something like that to have him back with this team. He needs to be part of this program.
0: Keston Altman comes back with uh, how do you guys think Sat has done with his injured offense too conservative. So he's talking about Marcus Satterfield, offensive coordinator. What do you think, Todd?
1: I think that he should I think that he should be given a raise. Um yeah. you know, a lot of people have been really quick to jump on Satterfield and they still do. But when you consider the fact That he's down, you know, right now they're running a fourth string running back, a third string quarterback. They are down three of their top five offensive linemen. And receivers, um, let's talk. Yeah, where are we at with receivers? I mean, holy moly!
0: Yeah,
1: um, that, that team has been decimated. He's he's putting out. An offense that I I don't know how you could figure it out, but at best it's a second string offense. You know when you when you consider all the people that he's had to replace. So you know
0: you know what that line is, Todd. He's putting out an He's putting out an offense that Iowa would be proud of. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean we scored thirty one points against Purdue. I know. I, I realized believe- 7 of those was defensive or special teams but 3 I mean that's that's a pretty I, good out. We have not seen 31 points a game for a very very long time not just this year. I So I think that's shot. I was pretty, shocked. Uh, I was shocked. Know, the the play action to Doss was it? That was beautiful. Yeah. Right on target. The Emmett Johnson run at the end to seal the game or to make everybody feel better really is what that was. Well, uh, that was that was a beautiful that was a thing of beauty.
1: The, I'm I'm I was surprised. Now, you know and and it's again, Purdue doesn't have the best defense in the conference, but those linebackers, those two linebackers were as good as any linebackers that we're going to see.
0: OK, it was, you know, it was kind of a Halloween game here. Husker Chuck comes in with, I heard reports that there were several fans dressed as Michigan spies with fake cameras in the stadium on Saturday. LOL.
1: Yeah. O-L. I I saw pictures. of yeah. them.
0: that was very they, good. It was very
1: well done. I think that's a hoot. Uh, you know, I to me... That's one of the most egregious things that's happened in college football for quite a while with what Michigan's doing. They need to thump Harbaugh's ass. He should be suspended for a year. Wipe out some of those assistant coaches and let them figure out how they're going to finish the season.
0: I'll be a Michigan guy.
1: What's wrong with it, Todd? It's a blatant violation of, of the rules. When you send um, uh, staff members – you cannot – I know it sounds weird, but you cannot coach or scout in person. You can't do that in, in in Division I football. And they blatantly did it. He has a network of people that he's also used who are providing video of other teams and their signals, and this, this little group that he has – Is breaking down all that video, and um, it it gives a significant advantage to Michigan. Now, people can say all they want that everybody steals signs. Well, yeah, they try to steal signs, right? But nothing is systematic that that we're aware of. Nothing to the extent of what Michigan's done, and that you know, it's it's there's no question. That they were doing in-person scouting, and, and that's a violation. And videotaping the the and recording the um, the opposing team when they're doing the signals, you know, Harbaugh Harbaugh is a cheating son of a bitch. It sounds like, and
0: you know, so the Michigan fans are still heavily out there on social media on the internet's. Uh, basically deflecting all of this. I don't know if you've seen – have you been on Twitter? Have you guys been on Twitter? My God, the rhetoric between Ohio State fans and Michigan fans, you couldn't even get in something sideways with them because they are so adamant about each other going at each other. It's pretty amazing. Uh, okay. I. Uh, Here's one. I'm, I, okay. There you go. Ted Hilker
1: says, does winning the next two put us in top 25
0: area? Um, it could. You know, it could. Um, you know, here's the thing, Todd. Matt Rule says we want to go 1-0 and every week, and I have bought into that heavily. I have bought into it too. I like I, the idea that we're not focusing ahead.
1: No, I no. I Having said that,
0: we speculate a lot. So we're not going to ask, do you think Nebraska could win the Big Ten West? We're just not going there. Uh, Could we win the Big Ten West and face Michigan again, change all our signals, and somehow stay with them or (laughs) beat them in the Big Ten title game? We're not going into that. Uh, I think it's – you know, that that whole concept of we just need to go 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, I like that a lot because when you – Start looking out too far, you start making up all the scenarios that are that work well in your head. And the fact is, is if the if we lose Heinrich Harburg, I mean, look at the Vikings this weekend. Kirk Cousins has never missed a game. And now he's got a torn Achilles done for the year. Aaron Rodgers, the first 20 minutes of playing football for the Jets, you know, torn Achilles gone for a long time. You know, if we Lucas Heinrich Harburg, everything is everything is much more difficult than it was before, because we don't know how well Jack Walsh is going to play when he goes in.
1: Joel <laughs> Telshel says, "Do you think Rayola will be here next year? What do you
0: think, John?" You know, I think the I was thinking about this today, and I was thinking, you know what name we haven't really talked about very much this season is Bryce Benhart. We haven't. I have yeah. sworn about that guy so many times. Everybody is like, don't boo your own guys. Oh, my God. How many times have I sworn about that guy in my videos? Yeah. And I, this I, year, this year, has he been responsible for any false starts? I think maybe a couple early on. I do. Maybe one. Maybe one. We, You rarely hear his name. I know he hasn't had any holding calls. He hasn't given up sacks. I mean, they've had a early in the season. They have that thing where they, you know, they had twists and the line blew up, but you know, I, I think Rayolo will be here next year because I think he's taken a patchwork team and put it together to the best of his abilities. And I don't know why you would put it this way. He was there under a coach for one year that was so dysfunctional. It was amazing. They even put a team on the field. And this year he's taken a team that has serious problems with depth, serious problems with injuries, and we're going to – you know, he's made them into a pretty serviceable line, I think. I mean, it's not like they're the 95 pancaking Huskers, but, you know, they are – they're scoring – they scored 31 points against Purdue. I don't think – so.
1: let me go – sorry about that. I don't think we'll <laughs> see – I don't th- – I want to put this one up in a minute. I don't think we will see any of the assistant coaches – um I don't think rule will let any of them go. I mean, I, you know, release right. them. I, I think rule will stick with this staff. Um, you know, the, the, Hey, when you think about it this way, you know, um, Matt rule, this team has won more games than in the first year of his previous stops, you know? And um, so I think that's a positive. Here's one I want to clarify, Matt, Snovak says Todd must be smoking weed and that's why his room looks foggy. No damn way. Tony White is head coach at USC. No, that's not what I am I, if I could see where you, where that might have been what you thought. What I thought or what I what my opinion is is if Lincoln Riley sticks around SC for another year, if he can survive at SC, he needs a defensive coordinator. So, yeah. I could I could see Tony White moving to SC as a defensive coordinator, not the head coach. Just to clarify, and I'm not smoking weed. Um,
0: (laughs) Ooh, look at this. Oh, I clicked on the wrong thing. Charles Hellett, I heard Husker football, volleyball, and soccer were undefeated in October. Uh, wow. Soccer won three to two on Sunday against Ohio State, and they're moving on in the Big Ten tourney. So yep, they're they do in the have semifinals the semifinals this week. They do have the top scorer in the nation. Yeah, their coach she was also offensive player of the year in Big Ten.
1: Yeah, she was offensive player of the year, and and John Walker was the coach
0: of the year. Um, That's pretty good. I know most of you, you know. The soccer is communist people aren't here tonight, but you guys can take up that champ. But, you know, it's nice to have winning teams. You can go out and support them at Hibner and just kind of go, yay, even if you don't understand soccer. Somebody will explain it to you. Uh, volleyball, well, that's just kind of cool. And Husker football was undefeated in October for the first time since – did you know this?
1: Yeah, I saw it. I don't remember it. My
0: 2001. memory is – tooth it's 22 years ago, 23, whatever, you know, it's a long time ago, decades for God's sake. So it's kind of funny that this is happening with a coach that, uh, you know, has put together kind of a ragtag team, kind of a, you know, patchwork. I said patchwork earlier. Uh, Oh, what else we got? You keep going, Todd. My God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, oh, here. Go ahead. I clicked on the wrong one. Yeah. Bone lead corn fed. It says, Have you hugged a referee today? <laughs> Minnie says, Chancellor Brewington has a channel. I asked him about Rayola, and he said he was the best coach he ever had. Uh, Minnie, my God, you. You probably should give us a review on most of these. There are so many Husker channels out there now. It's amazing. I haven't had the chance to watch Chancellor Brewington, but, you know, you guys should. I mean, he was a former player. He might as well get some love from you. Um, Justin Rogge says Todd is a gummy guy. (laughs) Matt Snovak comes back with no judgment, Todd. It's okay. Uh, All right. Let's see. Uh, we did that one. Tyler says, "Could Nebraska win or lose the Big Ten West?" Yes, that is the answer to that. <laughs> I mean, the, the problem with talking about the Big Ten West is, uh, Minnesota has to lose. So they have the tiebreaker over us. Iowa needs to lose, Wisconsin needs to lose. Yeah, you're literally talking about three other teams besides us that are like, I, they're just schizophrenic. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean well, none of these teams is really stable. Every st- one of them could lose all the rest of their games and every one of them well maybe I think somebody Ohio State plays Wisconsin. So uh, I you know it's it's just you're what you're putting a lot of a lot of speculation on what's going to happen with just nutball stuff. Yeah. And remember that November we we're, we're in November basically. November is the time I, how many football seasons have you guys gone through where people made predictions and, you know, Oh, this team and this team and this team, and then October came and went and they're like, Oh, this team's going to be the national champion. And then everything blows up every Saturday in November, because that's how it goes. So. No. Uh, Cole Bundy. I
1: think, I think all of us here agree. I, you know, it's, it's, it's so tantalizing to try to look forward, but um, you know we've mentioned how the go one and oh this week is a mentality that i think the team has bought into and and certainly that follows along with that day by day motto and and um, you know good on coach rule good on the staff here's another one i want to put up real quick michigan scandal same as the houston astros scandal coach fired i agree i i i totally believe that Jim Harbaugh should be fired at Michigan. No questions in my mind or suspended for a year, whatever. Um, But they they need to pull him off the sideline. He he is complicit in what has happened. And I know, you know, there's a lot of uh, former coaches that are sitting in those studio shows, you know, that are trying to say it's no big deal. Um, They say, you know, like, what about all this cheating that's going on in NIL and the portal and that kind of stuff? Well, you know what? Dig into that and find some evidence and put it out. Yeah, this that's is true. This has been made public. It's public and people know it and and he should be held accountable for this.
0: Corby Cobus says John booze Scott Frost in his sleep and dreams.
1: Well, he, <laughs> it, it, that is true. That is true, Corby. He he um he he does. Um uh not only in his sleep and dreams, but he does it while he's conscious as well. So
0: it's a Tourette's thing. It's you know, I'm just walking down the street or having a meeting with a customer. And, Fuck you! Fuck that shit! Fucking Michigan State punk! You know, it just it yeah, it just comes out. You know, this is why my this is why I have my own room and I have my own bed, and the whole rest of my family is upstairs <laughs> uh, because it's it's not quiet booing. Fred does throw quiet.
1: this in, and we probably should have mentioned this. Michigan did rescind the contract extension to Harbaugh. So that, that has
0: happened. Is that Um, a sign of things?
1: I, who knows? Paul Dalen pops in and says, late to the show, we talked about volleyball yet. No, we really haven't talked much about volleyball. John has mentioned it, but, um, you know, this team is undefeated
0: Yeah,
1: and they're just amazing. There was no letdown this weekend, you know, after that huge win against Wisconsin, um, Granted, Maryland and Rutgers are in the bottom half of the conference, bottom third, maybe, of the conference. But the Nebraska women just came out and, you know, they took it to them. They, they didn't let down a minute. And, you know, without um, Krause in there right now, um, they're they're just playing outstanding, I think. Um, as good as I've seen Nebraska play. Play since you know the Michaela Fecky days. Uh, they are just truly fun to watch.
0: <sighs> Did I come back? Yes, God. <sighs> Seth Floyd, thanks for the super chat. Three words from a Michigan fans: beat the Spartans. I will be pulling for the Huskers this weekend. That's very nice, Seth Floyd. Thank you. Uh, I, You know, they hate each other with the passion, those people. they. It's kind of nice to have rivals like that that have been around forever. Uh, Seth Blade also says Harbaugh refuted that report. I think that it's uh, – and then May's Rage, we, we're attracting the Michigan guys. May's Rage says this fucking guy, <laughs> which I have to assume is you, Todd. I – Now, the thing is, is it keeps getting deeper and more stuff keeps coming out. And I guess we all should probably wait for some final report and everything. So, uh, Roger Moore says, how can Michigan season possibly have any meaning this year? You know, the thing is, is teams tend to forgive their own people that are cheaters. Anyway, they just overlook it. We've done this. I mean, you know, we make excuses for our own guys and everything. Um. Okay, Caleb Ward makes the point, this is a Nebraska channel. Can we bash Michigan State this weekend, this week, please? I will be having a show again with a live – actually, it will be Kevin Knight that will be joining me, one of my former writers, uh, who now writes for Rivals, and he, will be, he and I will be doing a live show about the Michigan State Spartans. Um, I don't – I guess when I look at Michigan State, I mean – What the hell? I mean, all of that stuff. You know, Mel Tucker basically destroyed himself, and then Brenda Tracy, unfortunately, destroyed herself too. So all of that stuff just turned out to be, I don't know, you know, you could make fun of it all you want. And if I was probably not exhausted, I would be making fun of it. But in in a lot of ways, it's really just sad. I don't even know what Michigan State has right now for players. Do you, Todd? I haven't paid much attention to
1: Michigan state. I know, I know they've had some players that, um, you know, were there at the start of the season that aren't, um, aren't there any longer. I know that, uh, what I hear someplace that one of the offensive linemen entered the portal and, you know, Nebraska has kind of got their eye on him. Um, I I think the Michigan state thing is really sad too, because truth be told, I've always kind of liked, you know, watching Sparty play. I've, I've, you know, I've never had a problem with them. I really haven't had a problem with Michigan either, contrary to what I think that should happen to their coach. But um, you know, I've I've always viewed Michigan, the two Michigan schools, as as teams that I would cheer for over many others. And and I do. I think this is sad. I really do.
0: Seth Floyd says, "John, get ready for a lot of cheap shots and dirty play from Michigan State." What do you think of that, Todd? Well. <laughs> I'll tell you what. There were a lot
1: of cheap shots and dirty play um, from, from Northwestern, and there was cheap shots and some dirty play from uh, Purdue. Uh, though a lot of Purdue, holy moly, those guys were just hitters. They they just they were just hitters. That was a physical game.
0: Okay, what else we got here?
1: Here's one I'm going to put up. I'm bringing this okay. one from back to begin. I think we need to chat about this.
0: I, I was just going to say we're waiting till the end, but we're already at 54 minutes. So, uh, yeah. Just, Justin just, Ruggie says, saddest day in Husker history, Brian Ferenc leaving at the end of the year. Well. What do you think, Todd? It
1: took a woman to get rid of him. Um, In-room <laughs> athletic director at the University of Iowa, Beth Getz, is the one that officially pulled the plug on – The Brian Ferentz era at Iowa and I don't think Gary Barta would have done it but um and I do agree it's the saddest day in Husker history because they'll probably well who knows we can speculate here in a few minutes but you know the way this all came down is that uh, interim AD Beth Getz, made the decision that enough was enough with Brian Ferentz and this was not mutually agreed upon from what has come out. Really? Um, I've, I've, there's, uh, the, the re- release came out from the athletic department. And then I've saw a couple of things on Twitter with some Iowa insiders. And uh, Keith Murphy is uh, from Des Moines and he, he is about as inside as inside can get. And this was not, um, this did not have Captain Kirk's blessing. Um, I did not know this. Yeah,
0: so, tell us more.
1: Well, I, I'm telling you what I know, <laughs> and I've, I've, so you know that can all lead to all kinds of speculation as well. Now, Brian Ferentz is going to land on his feet someplace. Uh, there's probably quite a few people that don't know, or maybe if you did, you'd forgotten that he was uh, on the staff with the uh, with the New England Patriots for four years before he you know, came to, came back to the University of Iowa. And, you know, so he's got NFL experience and, um, I, you know, he's, he'll, he'll land on his feet someplace. He's not going to, you know, be forever banished to uh, the Netherlands or whatever. But um, uh, I think this is huge and it will be real interesting to see how Iowa chooses to go forward. Will Kirk Ferentz continue to be the head coach at the University yeah. of Iowa? Will he keep going? Is he going to, you know, he's had other offensive coordinators. Um, and, you know, but those offensive coordinators have all been very similar. They've run
0: yeah.
1: a very similar kind of an offense, which, and I know that we've debated, John, we, we've, you know, we've talked about pro style offenses and right. debated back and forth what they are, but, I guess to simplify it, Iowa has for years and years, they've, they've always recruited those big, big, tall, stout, drop back quarterbacks. Yep. they they want those guys in the pocket. You know, they're going to throw, you know, um, they're going to throw a wide range of passes and what they're going to try to do is they're just going to try to outman you up front and run those zone running plays, um, yeah. et cetera. So that's the only kind of offense they've run since Kirk Ferentz has been there. So, you know, is he going to take a step out of his comfort zone and bring in somebody that's going to have a little bit more of a wide open offense?
0: Okay. Brian Bauer says captain Kirk's buyout is 36 million after this year. He has six more years on his contract. Kurt is going nowhere for at least two or three more years. And then the other comment was, well, Paul Dallin gave us a super chat and said Husker volleyball, Uber Alice, which is, you know, that's news. By the way, I'm going to try to have more volleyball shows, but they will just be volleyball shows with Beth and Miley. We're not going to try to mix volleyball in with this stuff just because, you know, I think volleyball probably deserves its own shows anyway. Uh, Bone Lead Corn Fed was the other thing I wanted to talk about. I just heard Frost is a candidate for uh, offensive coordinator for Iowa you know, he's available. I don't think he'd ever do that. Somebody else pointed out Scotts Frost's wife isn't going to move to Iowa. I'd probably agree with that. Here's the thing. I, Frost is not going to go to Iowa for the reason that Todd just said. I, you, I want you to think about this perspective, and I said something about that earlier in the video I did earlier today. Kirk Ferrance basically dictates the offense. You don't just get to come in and go, I'm going to run a spread – you know, with elements of air raid. He's just not doing that. He's never going to do that. He's going to finish a career being the same guy he's been for the last 20 years, you know. So when you look at, like, Frost, why would, you, why would anybody go be the offensive coordinator from Iowa? Does Kirk France have a second son, Todd? Yeah, he does. I think he's got well, three. There you go. Oh, my God. He could stay around for it. Other guys can come in and be his offensive coordinator. And he can tell them what to run at holiday dinners. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, if we were fair or if we actually took Brian Ferenc's, uh side on this, you'd kind of look at this and go, okay, you made him – you didn't make him be your offensive coordinator. He was your offensive coordinator. But let's face it, you made him run the offense you wanted him to run. I mean, most head coaches do. But do you really think he had much leeway in this? So he was perfectly willing to let his son turn into a laughing stock because he wouldn't change as a head coach. And I find that really just – is that too damning, Todd? You know, I, John,
1: I, I think it's interesting, uh, an interesting thing to think about because I hadn't considered that. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, Kirk Ferentz is going to dictate the offense that his team is yeah. going to run, and obviously, um, when you have your own son uh, serving in that capacity as offensive coordinator, um, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe Brian didn't have a whole lot of choice, right. Um, you know, but the the crazy thing about it is is that, you know, there are some people that have talked about how Iowa has not been able to attract the kind of um, playmakers, the kind of talent right. in the last few years that they had previously. Well, you know what? Maybe that has a little something to do with when all hell broke loose a few years ago with. Coach Doyle and all of the racist crap, and, you know, there was other one other coach that was named on numerous occasions as, you know, making a lot of racist comments and treating treating players in a, in a negative manner, and that was Brian Ferentz. Um, coach Doyle got shown the door. There were a lot of people that follow the Iowa program that thought Brian was as, culpable as Doyle was, and that he should have been sent packing as well, but he wasn't. So maybe that has a little bit of something to do with maybe players making some decisions about not coming to Iowa. Who knows? But Iowa is also taken a step back um, with their offensive line compared to where they have been uh, in recent years. So,
0: you know, there's quite a bit yeah, going on with that. that's true. Wait, what if he demotes, what if the uh, Brian isn't coming back as offensive coordinator, but he goes back to being an offensive line coach? It won't happen at Iowa. So Beth, is it Beth Getz? you said Beth gets. Yeah. Yeah. The, she's gotten just basically said there'll be no more second for rents here. I
1: would think that's probably the case. Okay.
0: Wow. Is there anybody else we can talk bad about in the Big Ten West for a couple minutes?
1: Well, here's one I want to throw up here, just and you know, we need to call her good, and we're not really talking about this. But Joel Tilson comes in and says, Well, players have radio helmets in college football. You know, that's something that was brought up and talked about a lot. Um, And I can't remember which coach it was that made the comment. Uh, Maybe it's, I, I don't remember, but. They were talking about, you know, in the NFL, well, it was rule In the NFL, you know, the quarterback has a speaker in his helmet. uh, And then one of the defensive players has a speaker in their helmet. Um, And he was talking about how in the NFL they got technology all over the place on the sideline with, you know, tablets and all this kind of stuff. High school football, you go to a lot of the big-time high school programs anymore, they've got all sorts of tablets and stuff on the sidelines too. In college football, you can't tell me that they can't afford to have speakers in helmets i mean that is that is just absolutely asinine. That would be a way to
0: solve some of those problems with sign stealing well, Wade Farr comes back with how hard is it to steal radio signals
1: you're the you're the technology guy. John. <laughs>
0: I think it it depends on the on the sophistication of the radios. Number one, if you have frequency hopping, which you have, in which a radio on a random basis jumps to different frequencies, and and both the transceiver, the transmitter and receiver stay timed with each other so they can jump frequencies, then it could be a lot more difficult. I, I mean, you'd have to do that because I mean it's radio, so you know there's different ways to do this. I haven't looked into that at all. I know that the NCAA has tried to pass those things and it gets voted down. And I, you know, is this across Division II, Division three, NAIA, where it gets voted down? I can't remember. I don't the know where. Is. I don't know. I haven't yeah. paid that
1: close attention.
0: Oh, let's see. Golden Falcon, Gold Falcon Outdoors says PJ Fleck is a Pee Wee Herman reincarnated. Yeah, I like wow. that. Yeah. Linda Wilkins says it's not all hard to. Not at all hard to. And I think Linda was in the military and probably knows more about that. I think it depends on the kind of radio and how they're doing the transmission receiving well, it, how expensive how expensive you want to get. If there was if there was
1: crap going on with stealing radio signals and stuff like that, the NFL would have already uncovered that.
0: But yeah, it's a matter of how much money you're going to spend on the radios. Well, sure. Well, John, I think uh,
1: I think we've probably covered enough ground. I think we should end it with Clay Casselder's uh, prediction there. Uh, that looks kind it, of
0: familiar. It does. It looks like uh, Nebraska 35, Spartans 21. Wow, it's like you have a fan club or something. <laughs> uh, all right, what else we got going this week? Let's see. I'm going to do a Michigan State podcast, but that will be on a podcast from Michigan State. Uh, let's see. I'm going to do – I think it would be Wednesday afternoon. I'm going to get do a show, like I said, with Kevin Knight about Michigan State. Thursday night we'll have uh, uh, the big the five heart podcast. Thursday evening I might also be doing something with Big Ten Ted. It depends. You know what? It depends on, Todd. It depends on how well I sleep. Yeah, you how need to get I some can, sleep. How much I can get Scott Frost booing in my dreams out of my head. <laughs> 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 uh, Linda Wilkins says, do you not do you think the NSA is not is not picking up that sound? Yeah, but that's the NSA. They have different stuff, Linda. They have, <laughs> you know, they can do whatever the hell they want. We know that. Uh, okay. I think we're, we're there's one more I wanted. Here. Nope. I missed it. Seth Floyd says PJ Fleck looks like Eminem Eminem." If he rode the short bus, that wasn't the one I wanted. (laughs) Dadgummit, it went by. I think somebody said something about P.J. Fleck. There it is. Caleb Ward. P.J. Fleck is actually a hairless gopher. There you go. Okay. That's it for tonight. Thank you all for the support. Thanks for stopping by. I hope you're all doing well. Uh, And there you go. Go Big Red. Good night, Todd.